I'm here at Doc Train West 2008, and I'm talking with Nikki Blyle. Nikki, can you tell me what your presentation was about? Well, my uh, presentation was named Documentation Planning and Library Design in a Web 2.0 World, which is a mouthful. But basically, I, I, it was broken up into a few parts. First, I talked about just going, going back for a lot of us, going back and really thinking about analyzing the product be, and what we wanted to deliver because with Web 2.0, everything's different. So I felt like let's talk about going back and doing our analysis again. Then I talked a little bit about knowledge management, and then I went into descriptions of all the traditional deliverables and all the issues we have with them, and then a lot of descriptions of Web 2.0 deliverables. So what are some Web 2.0 deliverables that you were talking about? Or what, what kinds of, uh, let, let me rephrase it. Where do most people go wrong in their deliverables? know that they go wrong on it there's just there's just so much to learn about now and so many things you know like wikis could work really well for an end user deliverable but maybe that's not right for your product but maybe a wiki would be a great tool for internal knowledge management and I've done that and it's it's worked really well um, I have I do know people that have used it for a deliverable and that can work too but you know once again you have to do the analysis uh, social networks, uh, I talk a little bit about that, social networking, I mean, beyond MySpace and LinkedIn and that sort of thing. And then also talked about blogging. Blogging is great. Uh, you could blog, speaking of end users, you can blog about features in a conversational and informal way and introduce people to features they might not find in your product. And also, on the other end, when you're talking about marketing, this, it's not our role, but blogging increases search engine optimization, which is really important. And you could share that with your, uh, with the people in your marketing department. So you could, we could kind of start doing some, I've sort of nested levels, I feel like, like a lot of, uh, add a lot more value to what we're doing. And it's, it's no extra work. And also podcasting, we're talking about, we're podcasting right now, podcasting about podcasting. And talked about that a little bit and about how you could actually post your podcast. And I know you do this, Tom, on iTunes. And you can add, add keywords to them and do a lot of different things to increase the findability of your, of your uh, podcasts. So there's just there's so much cool stuff you can do. But the analysis is key to know that this is going to work for your audience. And you certainly don't have to do all of it. That's the thing. I think all of us are feeling like, oh, my gosh, i got to... I got to get a wiki done. I got to get a blog done. I got to start doing some, you know, videos, you know, like running around making videos. It's like you can't do all of it. And, and the point is to, you know, focus your efforts in the right place. So do sometimes sometimes do people get caught up in the tool and they, they want to go immediately start a blog and a wiki and a podcast without really understanding user needs? Can you talk more about the analysis part? How do you find out what kind of deliverables and formats you need? Well, I, I just like to back up into making sure you look at both ends because really you're, when you're doing analysis, your customers are your, not only your end user customers, but, and I'm sorry, you've podcasted about calling people users, but anyway, that's, an, that's another podcast for another day, but um, about your, your, your customers and also your internal customers. So, on, you know, on an internal customer end, talk to product management, talk to people in customer service, talk to people in training, 
you know, talk to people in marketing, uh, just just a whole lot of stuff on that end. And then on the end with the, your 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 customers, your end users, it's you know perhaps you do surveys, site visits. Of course, are always excellent. You learn so much on site visits, and and do that that too. So I feel like you have to make sure and serve both ends of the spectrum. So getting all that analysis done first is important. Everybody gets caught up in what tool do you use? Uh, as you know, like right away, it's like, if I'm going to blog, you know, do I, you know, WordPress, is that the best thing to use or blogger? Or what? And it's, it's, tools are important, but that, that's another level of analysis, of course. Once you decide, like, this is what we want to do and this is what we want to get out of it, then you start looking at tools. So. That's, uh, I would really do all my analysis first because the, the tool to do what you want to do is going to be out there. It's just, uh, you know, more or less. I mean, nothing's exactly what you want, but, you know, close enough. But first you have to decide this is really what we want to do and this is what we want to end up with. So what are some things that tech writers should be doing with their help that maybe they're not? Like, um, because you're mentioning all these Web 2.0 technologies. And, and most tech writers don't really have any of these implemented in, in their help. So what, what's your recommendation? What, what should they be doing? Well, I'm starting, out, starting out slow, I'd say including, including videos in your help is one place to start. And the videos could be used so many other places. They could be used on a website or, a, or a, uh, with your blog if you decide to blog. So a lot of these things will have have multiple uses. Uh, podcasts could be, I have not done this myself, but I've heard a lot of good things about using uh, podcasts for training. So uh, I, I've heard of people even doing a podcast with information and, and then there's a test to do afterwards. So I would, I would just say start with uh, smaller elements. I mean, don't, don't necessarily put up a MySpace page, first of all. I mean, you can, but I would start incorporating more things with the help and making them work in, a, in like three or four places, which can definitely be done. How do you know if you've been successful? Hmm, always a good question. I think that means you go back and do a little bit more analysis, really. Actually, with a lot of Web 2.0 stuff, I'd say it would probably be you could actually see how many people are participating. And I think that's, that's probably your bottom line. But uh, there's a really interesting book I just read that I talked about in my presentation called Groundswell, and it's written by Charlene Lee and I think Josh Burnoff, and it's really an interesting book, and they talk a lot about, they have a lot of statistics that Forrester Research did that, that said, you know, like say you have a, a, a wiki, you're, or, you know, just about any sort of, of Web 2.0 thing. You, you only have so many percentage of people are creators, the people that actually write articles and write blogs and create content. And then you have a certain, a certain number of people that are basically reactors. They comment upon those things. They rate things. And then you have a percentage of people that read all of that stuff and use it, but they, they, don't, they don't touch anything. They don't comment. They don't write. They don't write new material. Everybody's important. But I think the original feeling about a lot of Web 2.0 stuff, such as wikis, was that if everybody's not writing stuff, then this isn't successful. And I think now we're starting to get some statistics in. And you could see that you're going to have these different kinds of, uh, different kinds of people participating, and it's all good. As long as, you know, e partici participation is good no matter which type. 
Definitely. So people shouldn't have wild expectations about the amount of, of user-generated contributions that are going to be coming in, right? I mean, they should... Uh, did you remember how many, what percentage of people in, in that Groundswell book are the, the actual content creators? Did they give a percentage or... They did give a percentage. I'm thinking off the top of my head it was 18%, but I, I don't have it in front of me. But it was it, it was it was way not 100, <laughs> which I think is what, like, the first internal wiki I rolled out at a company I used to work for for internal knowledge management. It, it, the, the original thought of management was if 100% of people aren't creating content, then we're not successful. And and I thought even then, I was like, you know what, as long as they're reading it and they're using it, uh, or even if they come up to me in the hallway and say they looked at it, I'm thinking that's success because the information's getting out there, which was which was the point. And, uh, and now, like I said, and now we're starting to, starting to see some statistics, which you could actually, you know, hard copy you could show people, which I think is great. Do you have any other thoughts, or is this about it for, uh, for today? <laughs> lots and lots of thoughts, Tom. That's a loaded question because it's been a, a very, very busy week. Um, I guess my final thought would be just don't feel like there's a one-size-fits-all solution for your product. Uh, every product's unique, and every set of circumstances is unique, and every company is somewhat unique, and you really need to try to, in the time you have and in the other constraints you have, just do, you know, start out small and try to grow it and do what is best for your product. Don't worry about what other people are doing. All right, Nikki, thanks for talking to me today. You're welcome, Tom.